Whatever is in my heart, for better or for worse, will come out in my actions, my thoughts, words, and deeds. Whatever is in here, for better or for worse. If anger is in here toward anybody, toward anybody, no matter how long ago it was, if it's still there, it's going to come out in some way, at some point in time. Right? If envy, jealousy right, is, is there, it's going to come out. Because that's how the Lord has hardwired us, all of us. Right? If, if joy and love is here, is in us, that's going to come out. Right? In our thoughts, words, and actions, it's going to come out. Right? And so, don't you want the love of God in you to come out? The peace of God in you to come out? The, the joy of God in you to come out? The very presence of Jesus himself in you to come out? Then invite him in. So he can bring all of that love and peace and joy, all of it. You know, the, 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 not only the gifts, but the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And when those begin to begin to rest in our hearts, then they will come out in our and people will be amazed. The people will be amazed. What happened to you? for a few more weeks, right? I hope you haven't taken your tree down. It's good. You got to keep celebrating this. We have to be countercultural. And one way to do it is these little things like this. We celebrate Christmas the whole time. Just like we celebrated Advent, right? That's countercultural. Right? So we have to be mindful of that. If we're really going to be Catholic, if we're going to really stand out in the culture, if we're going to change the culture, or at least challenge the culture, is these little things that we have to be mindful of. And we celebrate Christmas until it ends, we celebrate Advent, we celebrate Lent all the way, not just Ash Wednesday. <laughs> right? That's, that helps, that's, because then we're, we're, we're disciples, right? We're living witnesses of Jesus. Right? That's what happens. And that's what you and I are called to. No matter what age, whether we're this little boy's age, or we're, or, or we're like this big boy's age. You know? That's, that's the way it has to be. You know, I thought I would, what I would do today, <clears throat> in December, what do we talk about? The sacrament of penance. Right? And confession. Now, is the sacrament of penance your friend yet? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Did you become friends with it during Advent? Well, don't just not just during Advent. How about every month? You know, how about every month? As I said last time, if we're serious about our relationship with Jesus, then we'll be serious about the sacrament of penance. It'll be a regular part of our life. Right? And the more we go, the deeper this relationship with the Lord happens. Right? The more we come to Him with repentant hearts, the more He showers His love and mercy upon us. That's just the way it works. So, you know, people tell me, oh, I wish I had a deeper relationship with the Lord. Well, this is one way that can help facilitate that. But it's, us, it's up to us. The relationship with Jesus will be to the extent we put our time into it. If we don't, then you'll be no different a year from now than you are today.
And I hope that will not be the case for anybody in this room. Right? Because it certainly would not be what the Lord wants. Right? He wants to draw us deeper into his life. Right? Deeper into his love, deeper into his mercy. Right? Deeper into his Holy Spirit. Right? But we have to say yes to that. Simple as that. So, we, so you remembered what we talked about last time. That's great. What I want to do today, I don't believe... I was kind of rushed at the end last time, if you recall. So I want to return to something that will help us become more holy. How many of us want to be more holy? I should see every hand up. Right? Every hand. Right? Not just halfway holy. Like, holy, holy. Right? So, I t let, so let me just return to this one aspect of what I talked about last time. And I think if I recall, I began with the question, how many of you go to confession and, and you confess the same sins time after time after time after time after time? Right? Right? And we go in there, Father, I just, I'm so embarrassed, I've got to confess this again. I did this the last time and the last time and the last time and the last time. How many of us would like to make it the last time? It's possible. I'm not kidding, it is possible. It is possible. Everything's possible in the name of God. Jesus. Right? So most people, as I mentioned, go to confession and they confess actions. Right? I did this. I rarely hear, I, I failed to do this. Right? I, don't, I rarely hear sins of commission or omission. So you might want to start thinking about that. Ask Jesus to reveal to you your sins of omission. Right? We all know what our sins of commission are, right? Because we've chosen to act in that way. But we're not always mindful of our sins of omission. Because we're not thinking about what we have failed to do. We're not thinking about how we have failed to love in those situations, those circumstances that the Lord presents to us on a daily basis. Oh, I'm too tired. Oh, I have something else to do. The seemingly more important. And we, we buy into that. When the Lord is presenting us with a wonderful opportunity to receive grace and love while helping others. But we say no to that because, oh, I have something more important. I don't have time or... I can't do it very good, or we, we make up all kinds of excuses, all kinds of excuses. And so take some time in prayer and ask Jesus to share with you your sins of omission. So then you can bring those to confession, right? Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice as a priest to hear sins of omission, right, Father? Wouldn't that be nice to hear those? Because we barely hear them. Right? Those things that we fail to do. You know, we say it in the confidier, and that's good. But sometimes I wonder when we're praying the confidier if we're really thinking about what we're saying. You know, we just ramble it out, we ramble it, just rambles off our lips because we have it memorized. Right? Sometimes memorization is not a good thing because we get lazy and we don't think about what we're saying, right? It's with all the road prayers. Um, so ask the Lord to reveal to you your sins of omission. And, and don't condemn yourself, because Jesus doesn't condemn you, right? He said, I didn't come into the world to condemn it, I came to save it. 
So if I'm feeling condemnation, it's either my own self-condemnation, which is not of God, or it's a condemnation of the evil one, which is not of God, right? Because God does not condemn. In any, any sense of condemnation, it's, it's not from the Holy Spirit. It's not. So we have to stand against that and don't believe it, you know? Our sins don't define us. They don't. And that's important to remember. Our sin, our sinful habits, that th- those do not define who we are. Wh- what, what defines who we are? What defines who we are? You've been baptized in Christ. He defines who you are. You are a child of God, right? How many of you have kids? Right? Were your kids perfect? (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) Right? But you didn't condemn them for their sins, right? Their wrongdoings. You didn't condemn them because love doesn't condemn. It's important to remember that love does not condemn. So God does not condemn us. Jesus does not condemn us. He loves us in spite of... He wants us to raise up. He wants to raise up out of that. And he can't do it if he's condemning us. He only can do that if he's loving us and if we're letting him love us in those moments. <clears throat> so, so we want to we stop confessing everything, we, you know, the same thing month after month or however, whenever you go to confession, right? We all do, right? So the important, how do we do that? And this is what I talked about last time. We have to get in touch with what's in our hearts they're causing us to act in that way. Right? There's something in my heart that's causing me to act in this unloving, uncharitable way. So what is it? And until we come to know that and bring that to, to the Lord for healing, we will continue to commit those actions. As simple as that. If you want to stop committing the acts, find out what's causing them. And it's something that's a brokenness in your own heart, in our own hearts, right? And so stop and think about those, those circumstances, those situations when you've committed that act, whatever it is. What was the environment around that? You know, what, was, what were you thinking, right? What were you experiencing in your, own, in, in your life, the environment, right? And think about that. What, what provoked that action? Right? There's something in your heart that's not receiving love. That's what it is in the end. Right? You've probably heard me say this many times because I say it repeatedly. All sin, all sin, no matter how big or how little it is, all sin is a rejection of God's love. So if I'm gossiping about somebody, he's looking at you. <laughs> right? I mean, people confess gossip all the time. Well, they should. I don't know if they do, but they should, <laughs> because that's sinful. That's sinful. Why do I feel the need to gossip about somebody? I don't know. Perhaps it's a power issue, right? Or it's a, perhaps it's, I mean, who knows? It's a jealousy issue or an envy issue, whatever it might be. But we have to think about that. So if you have a habit of gossiping, 
What's behind that? Why do you feel the need to do that? You know? And if you don't know, then go to prayer and ask Jesus to tell you, to reveal that to you. Right? Because until we come to know what it is, He can't heal it. Because if we don't know what it was, we can't own it. We can't take ownership of it. Right? And we can't give anything away that we don't own. Right? So, it's important to... You know, whether it's gossip or it could be sins of the flesh or it could be people cuss a lot, right? I mean, I hear cussing all the time, right? Why, why is that? Why does somebody have, why does somebody feel the need to say those words? Huh? One is our culture today, but none of us. You know, if we're in love with Jesus, we won't talk that way. We won't. So what's if that's if that's a habit? What where's that coming from? Where's that coming from? You know, and we may not know. Well, that's okay, but we can find out. We have to ask the Lord to reveal that to us. A lot of people in the society you know? they discourage you from helping others. They say they're too lazy. They help the hungry. They they had if they worked and took care of their and they. Well, we can't listen to the culture. Right. We're called to be countercultural, right? And so it might be the culture says one thing or does one thing or everything's okay, cussing's fine, we hear it all the time. Our politicians, our movies people, all the time, we hear it all the time. Doesn't make it good or right, you know? We don't have to do what they do. You know, no matter who it is. You know, the young people want to follow all these sports stars who make millions of dollars playing a stupid game. <laughs> right? That's true. But think about the language they use. You know, and they want and so they do that as well. Why why do they think they need to do that? Because it might make them feel important. Or you know, so if that's the case, why do we need to feel important? You know? Why should we? Why do we think we need to feel important, right? And so it's 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 it's, it's kind of whatever the habit is. Oh, hello. <laughs> you know, whatever the habit is, we have to kind of like dig deeper to find out what's causing it. Not in a, again in a judgmental way, or in con or a condemning way. But just, Lord Jesus, I want to know so that I can invite your healing into this area of my life. So I can bring what, what's... So, so, so it's a difference between a sin, a sin is an action, versus a sinfulness or a sinful attitude. A sinfulness or the sinful attitude is what causes us to commit the sin. Do you follow me? So we have to come to discover what is the sinfulness or the sinful attitude. And again, we don't just kind of go digging, we just ask Jesus. And then we take, when we go to confession, we not only confess the action, you know, what we did and, and how many times we did it, we also confess the sinfulness or the sinful attitude, right? Because the Lord can't heal an act. Because that's something that's done and it's over. But he can heal an attitude that's in our hearts because that's a brokenness. 
And the Lord came to heal the brokenhearted. So the sacrament of penance is the sacrament of healing. So if we begin to confess the sinful attitudes that we have behind those actions, then the Lord can, can, can start to heal our hearts. And over time, like healings takes time, right? Right? You have a deep wound in your hand or your arm, right? It takes a while for that to heal. A hen's heel has to heal from the inside out. Right, doctor? <laughs> right? And so it takes time for that to heal. So we keep bringing that to confession. And over a period of time, you're going to discover that you're not committing this sin as, as often. And after a while, you're gonna, it's, not, it's going to go away. Because now your heart is healed. Right? And there's freedom. There's freedom in our hearts. At least in this particular <laughs> part of your life, or in this particular, you know, issue. But it's important. But we have to ask, we have to pray and ask the Lord, reflect. You know, if we truly desire holiness, it's getting in touch with what's in our hearts too, for better or for worse. Right? Then we bring it to the Lord. You know? For better or for worse. If it's great, we're feeling joy. You know, that we, we ask the Lord to come into the joy with us. You know, if I'm feeling lonely or I'm feeling um, this need for power, control, and that's coming out in things I say and do, you know, then we ask Jesus, be with me, Lord Jesus, in this need for control. I don't know what it's about. But I recognize it in me, this need of control, or this need for power, or this need to think I'm better than someone else. Right? That's a sin. You know? You know? How many of us have ever confessed? You don't have to raise your hand, but this is a rhetorical question, because I think it's important. How many of us have, us, have ever confessed a lack of faith? <laughs> or, or I confess, oh, Lord, I, I don't trust you. Because oftentimes we don't trust Him. Right? If we try to manage everything on our own, right? And that means we don't trust Him. I can do it better myself, right? It's an attitude that we have, that many people have, and myself included sometimes. You know? And I begin to think about that and how it comes my activities or in my work of the day or whatever it might be, I, I stop and think and reflect and think, wow, Lord, I didn't trust you today in this particular situation. I thought I could manage it better by myself. So I didn't trust you. So I, I, I take that to confession, this lack of trust. Because what happens when we confess a lack of trust? The Lord gives us a deeper trust and a better and a deeper faith. We grow, right? We grow. But it's, it's you know, it's really, you know, part of holiness is not just in our actions, and that's, a good, that's an important part of it, but it's also in the way we look at our life through the lens of God and through the lens of God's love, right? And when we begin to do that, He will reveal and show us things in our own lives where He wants to heal us. He wants us to bring us freedom, right? 
oftentimes these habitual things in our life, whatever it might be, you know, it's different for everybody. Why is it habitual? Because we don't have freedom, that's why. We're enslaved by whatever it is that's causing us to live this habit. We don't have freedom, right? And the Lord wants us to be free. He wants to give us that freedom. So we don't have to worry, you know? That's what He wants. So we're not no longer enslaved by that habit, or whatever it might be. And then we bring that, those things to confession. You know, find a good confessor. Not all priests are good confessors, I hate to say that, but that's reality. They're not. Some take it serious and some don't take it serious at all. You know, if you don't like the confessor, go find someone else. You know, someone that will listen to you without judgment or without, with, with real care and concern. You know, if you find that, then, then they know the importance of confession. Not all priests know the importance of confession, because I don't know how often priests go to confession, to be honest. You know, I'm not judging, this is not just, this is everywhere. You know, this is, this is worldwide. So I don't know, I don't know if it's here or not. I don't know my priests very well yet. I've only been here a few months, so I don't know what they do. But I know in many places I've been, my diocese as a priest, you know, I went to confession to some of the priests in my diocese in Davenport. And that was, the, that was once and that was it. I said, this person has, he doesn't know how to hear a confession, first of all, and he doesn't take it seriously. And so I went to, I didn't go to him again. And I was saddened by that. But that's the reality. You know, not all priests are good confessors. And not all priests take it serious. Um, I think if, if a priest is truly in touch with his own sin, then he'll take the sacrament of penance seriously. But if they're not, they won't. That's just my impression and my experience. So we want to live, there's some things on your table here. I wanted to do this last time, but I forgot. <clears throat> I ran out of time. <clears throat> but people have asked me over time, like, what's a good, you know, in order to make a good confession, you need a good examination of conscience, right? You really need a good, take time to examine your conscience if you want to make a really good confession. And so people have asked me, what's a good examination of conscience? Well, you know, so I provided you, you can take those home with you and think and pray and reflect upon those, but these are, this is an examination of conscience based upon the Ten Commandments. Remember those? Do you know what they are? Huh? How many of you could, who can tell me all ten of them? Right? Can I read them? No, you can't read them. You should know them. Because this is how you should be living your life. Seriously. If we don't know the Ten Commandments, something's wrong. As a Catholic, something's wrong. So, they're listed here so you can memorize them. But also, there are questions, reflection questions that help you to examine your conscience so that you can make a good confession. But these are specific, this isn't the end-all, be-all. There's other um, examinations of consciences based on other things. But this one is based on the Ten Commandments. We should all know the Ten Commandments because this is how we're supposed to live our life, right? And so hopefully this will help you. There was another brochure. I'll, I'll, <laughs> it was supposed to be here yesterday. Um, it didn't get here. It was supposed to be here by 10.30 this morning. It didn't get here. <laughs> so we'll wait till next month. But it's, what it is, it's, it's, it's a... Um, 
It's a fourfold brochure on the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of penance. And I will probably be, because uh, what's next month is February. And so Lent begins in February this year, right? Late February. So this will help you. So I will use that as for my talk next time, but it's beautiful. It really is beautiful because it helps people who have problems, who struggle or who, who are um, fearful of the sacrament of penance. But it's also looking at our lives in the sense of the seven deadly sins. How many of you know what those are? <laughs> Versus the virtues that correspond with them. And so you can see what the deadly sins are, and you can see what the Lord wants for us in the virtuous, living a more virtuous life. Because the more virtuous life we, we, we leave or live, not leave, we don't want to leave a virtuous life. <laughs> Get that? We don't want to leave a virtuous life. <laughs> we, want to, we want to live a virtuous life, okay? And um, oftentimes, if we're not living a virtuous life, we're living some component of the seven deadly sins because it's part of fallen human nature. It's, it's the remnants of original sin. Okay, so we'll, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sorry they didn't get here today, but that's, I have no control over UPS. <laughs> so, you know, I don't have very little control over anything, but much less UPS. <laughs> and, and so, but, so we'll, that'll, be, that'll be the talk for next week, but you'll, you'll like it because it's, it's really helpful. It's been helpful to me. And there's, um, there is a, what I believe is the most beautiful act of contrition I've ever seen. And um, it's become the one I use constantly. You know, we all know, bless me, or the, the um, what's the act of contrition? I don't even say that one anymore because I kind of forgot. Sorry. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm heartily sorry for having offended you. And we rattle off like, you know, we just want to get out of there, right? That's how we do it. We rattle off, we don't think about what we're saying, that I'm speaking in that moment, in this act of contrition, I'm speaking to Christ, right? But are we even thinking He's present? That's the whole thing. You know, if the sacraments are personal encounters with Jesus, and the sacrament of penance is a personal encounter with, with Christ and his love and mercy. First of all, like, who wouldn't want that regularly, right? I mean, who wouldn't want to receive love and mercy from Jesus regularly, right? Um, but, but if we're not aware of the encounter, then I'm not present to him. It's just words coming out of my mouth because I want to get the heck out of that confessional. Right? I mean, is that a way to receive love and mercy? You want to get out of there? No. But that's how, we, that's how many people practice this sacrament. They just want to get out. I want to stay in. Right? Right? If we really believe in faith and trust that the living presence of Jesus is in this moment, who would want to get out of there as quick as they can? I want to stay in longer and get more grace and more healing. Right? Instead of wanting to try to run out of there as quick as I can and pray that Father forgets everything I just said. <laughs> right? I know because I've been there. I've, I've, that's, I, you know, I've, that, I've approached confession that way before, years ago, but not anymore. You know? There's nothing more beautiful than knowing that in this moment, 
I'm face to face with Jesus as I share the burdens. Right? I mean, sin is a burden. Don't you think of sincere contrition as a kind of a sincere? I think it's only part of our spiritual life. You know, of the, the, it is a confession because you go it the right way. Yeah, but it's not the same as confession. Because you get no absolution. <laughs> That's the whole thing. You get no absolution. We're, we should do an act of contrition every day. It's very much a part of night prayer for those who love to pray the office. Right? It's a part of it. We should all be doing that. We should take time at the end of the day, every day, and think about the, the whole day and what happened to me in this whole day. All the experiences, the people that I've run into, you know, and how I've loved them or have not loved them or received their love or rejected their love. Because when we reject the love of, when we re reject the love of someone, we're rejecting God's love. Right? When we, when we are failing to love someone else, we're failing to love God. That's a sin. All sin is a rejection of God's love. And so we should reflect every day about the ways in which we have received the Lord's love and so we can return to Him in thanksgiving and gratitude. So that love we have received deepens in our own hearts. But we should also go to Him and think, what are the ways in which, you know, the sins of omission or the sins of commission? You know, those things, those ways in which I have not loved, or have not received His love, or I have rejected His love in some way by the ways I've interacted with other people, or whatever it might be. Just not, just, in, just not in my actions, but in my thoughts. If I'm thinking judgmental thoughts about someone, even though I don't say it, that's a sin. It is. And sometimes, well, I didn't say it, so it's not a sin. That's not true. If we, say, if we don't say it and we think it, it's a sin. I'm just telling you that. So that's why it's important to think about what are we thinking? You know? You know, what, what, what's, what have I thought about in these certain situations, you know? Has there been thoughts of love or something less than that? Right? Thoughts of love or something less than that? Thoughts of mercy and forgiveness toward others or something different than that? You know? Even though we might not say something, you know, somebody offends me by saying something, and I just take it in, which is a good thing to do. But in my own heart, you know, I'm thinking the same thing that person just said toward them. Who's the greater sinner? I don't think there is one. Because I've thought it. And if I've thought it, I've committed the same action. Only that person might not know it. But the Lord knows it. Does this make sense? Yes. So it's really helping us to, you know, come to a deeper awareness of our own way of thinking, our own consciousness, our own level of consciousness about these things. And so that we can invite Jesus into it with us. We don't have to be there alone. We don't want to be there alone. He doesn't want to be, us to be in this stuff alone. He wants to be with us. <laughs> like, like right here. He does. So he can love us through it. You know? People think, many people think, you know, they have to, they have to achieve holiness on their own. Right? That's not, that's impossible. It's utterly impossible. 
It's Jesus who loves us into holiness. That's why we have to keep coming to him. Reflecting on the holy name of Jesus. Because he is the one who loves us into holiness. We have to cooperate. But we can't do it on our own. If you think you can do it on your own, then you don't trust in him. That's a, that's a lack of trust. If you think you can do it on your own, that means you don't need his help. That's a lack of trust. It's a self-centeredness as well. I mean, you look at those in the sense of the seven deadly sins, it comes, I mean, those kinds of adages, they're all part of those. They're all part of those. We'll talk about that next month. But, um, but, but the Lord wants to love us into holiness, so we should not fear confession. We should, we sh it should become our best friend, like I said last time. It really should become our best friend. We should never be afraid of it. Again, if you can't find a good, conf if you don't like the person you go to confession, go somewhere else. You don't have to go to another parish. You know, seriously. You know? And oftentimes, it's from my own personal experience, I have the same confessor. Why, why do I do that? Some people don't like to do that, and that's fine. I'm not telling you to do this, or you should do this. You know, for me, when I go to confession with the same person, week after week, month after month, year after year, you know, that person gets to know me. And they know my faults and failings in ways and perhaps I don't see. It's not spiritual direction, in a sense, but I, I'm never afraid to confess anything because the person knows me. And I want to be totally honest and accountable to somebody. Right? And so for me, um, I, I have the same confessor. And plus it's hard for me, I, you know, I, <laughs> it's helpful because I can't come into this diocese, I cannot go to confession to any of my priests. That's forbidden. And I cannot hear their confession. That's forbidden, as the bishop. You know, but just that's so. That's so, so it's 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 a greater challenge for me to being here. <laughs> and my confessor is like way over there. You know, but we make it work. We don't do it over the phone. <laughs> and, and we don't do it FaceTime. You cannot do it FaceTime. You cannot do it. It has to be face-to-face -face in person. You can't do it FaceTime. Huh? You can't. But that's, I mean, that's one of the things. I mean, I cannot hear the confessions of my priests. And some have asked me to hear their confession. I said, no, I can't. Canonically, I can't do that. And so, could there be priests that I could go to confession to here, perhaps, if they're like retired? Then they're, and I'm not in, in charge of them in the sense of ministry. Um, but right now, I, I have a great confessor, and I'm going I'm to keep him. He helps me. He does. I mean, that's the whole thing. A confessor should be able to help us, you know, to become, you know, to, to focus our hearts more on Christ. But also, not just that, but to help us see the love and mercy of Christ. Because sometimes we don't always see that. We don't, we don't always see that. And we don't always believe it. But if we hear somebody saying, you, know, you have no idea how much Jesus loves you. In spite of all this that you just said, you have no idea how much he loves you. He loves you deeply in spite of all that. And he wants to love you into holiness. Right? Because that's what he wants to do with all of us. He wants to love us into holiness.
Okay? So examine your hearts, your consciences, right? And, and when you discover things, acknowledge it. Lord, this is who I am. You know me better than I know myself, because he does. This is who I am. And so I invite you to be, come and be with me in this crap. Right? Why? Why would we want to do that? Because we're inviting Jesus into an area of brokenness in our hearts. And he came to heal the brokenhearted. Right? And what happens when we invite him into it, it gives Jesus an opportunity to minister to us and to minister to our own hearts. So we receive from him. Jesus can only come in with love. God is love. He's nothing else. That's it. Right? So he can only come in with love. He can, he can only come in with love. That's it. He can, Jesus is... God is not capable of anything else but love. That's it. So we invite him into it with us so he can love us right there. He can minister to our hearts. We can receive this love in a deeper way. We can receive this healing. And then once we receive from him, then we can go out and live differently. Right? Because as I said before, Whatever is in my heart, for better or for worse, will come out in my actions, my thoughts, words, and deeds. Whatever is in here, for better or for worse. If anger is in here toward anybody, toward anybody, no matter how long ago it was, if it's still there, it's going to come out in some way, at some point in time. Right? If envy, jealousy right, is, is there, it's going to come out. Because that's how the Lord has hardwired us. All of us. Right? If, if joy and love is here, is in us, that's going to come out. Right? In our thoughts, words, and actions. It's going to come out. Right? And so, don't you want the love of God in you to come out? The peace of God in you to come out? The, the joy of God in you to come out? Yes. The very presence of Jesus himself in you to come out? Then invite him in. So he can bring all of that love and peace and joy, all of it. You know, the, the, the <clears throat> not only the gifts, but the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And when those begin to, begin to rest in our hearts, then they will come out in our... And people will be amazed. The people will be amazed. What happened to you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> right? People will be amazed. All of a sudden... You don't seem as angry as you used to be. Like, what happened? And you can tell them, I acknowledged my anger before God. Right? The first thing is A-R-R-R. Arr! <laughs> right? Acknowledge. I acknowledge it before God. Right? I acknowledge it. Right? So I can receive. Right? And then after having been received, then I can respond in a whole different way. And that's how we, that's also another way in which we get rid of these habitual sins. We acknowledge them before God as a brokenness. 
and whatever it is, you know. People, a lot of people today, you know, the, the, the most devastating habit today is, in our culture, it's pornography. It is. It's devastating. Why does someone need to have, a, have the need to look at that stuff? I don't know. It's because there's a brokenness in their hearts that's not, where they're not receiving God. They're not receiving His love. You know? And we, you know, if people view it, they should confess it. You know, and acknowledge it. Right? And invite the Lord into it. They're not part You know? They're not taught that you know, anymore in school. It's, you know, but it's really, it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar business today. And, I, and, and I, I hate to say it, but many of our faithful Catholics view it. Because, you know, nowadays kids grow up with it. You know, when I was in seminary formation, I hate to say that, but this is reality, folks. A lot of seminarians coming into the seminary, they were addicted to pornography. And I asked them, well, like, when do you start looking at this? Oh, I was like 10 or 11 years old. Think about it. Parents don't even know it. But this is a culture in which we live today. You know, parents know very little about what their kids are doing today, for the most part. Right? And they know how to get on the internet and find it, because they're very internet savvy. But it's, um, you know, so imagine, you know, 10, 11, 12 year olds starting to look at this and it begins to form their minds. Everything we look at, everything we look at comes in here, goes up here, and over time it comes out in our actions. This is the reality. You wonder why there's so much violence in our world today? I happen to personally believe it's all because of all the videos, these video games are all violence. Everything, all every movie we see I'm watch on TV or in the movies is, is violence. So people, it desensitizes people to the reality of violence. Right? Pornography desensitizes young people, you know, to the, you know, to the, you know, to the, to the reality of how bad and what it does. Right, that's it. That's. Oh, I gotta stop here. But, but that's the reality, you know. There's a lot of addictions out there. That's just one. There's others. You know, lots of different ones. We all have our own addictions in some sense. Some are more severe than others with people. We have to come to know, accept that, you know? accept, acknowledge, invite Jesus into it, that so we can, He can heal us, and then we can stop confessing those things. Right. There's freedom. It's freedom in my heart. It's beautiful.